2: Hello and welcome to another edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast. I've started saying that, oh, you don't usually get my voice introducing this thing, but at this point, you kind of do. I do this often enough that you should start getting used to it. I am Tempest from WrestleTalk.com. Why do I say WrestleTalk.com? I haven't worked for the website in like a year. I'm Tempest from WrestleTalk. Hello. I am here with the wonderful Sat Nyangi. Yes! Now, you haven't heard that voice on the NXT podcast yet. Get excited, everybody. What's going on, Sad? Hey, guys. So for those of you who know
3: me from Wrestling Daily, welcome back. For those of you who know me from the Royal Rumble, watch along. Hello mm-hmm. again. For those of you who never heard of me, uh, hello. How are you doing? You may like me. You may not like me. I'm a bit like Marmite or... Uh, like a pickle and peanut butter sandwich, which a certain person really likes, but some people find crazy. That's me, I'm peanut butter pickle in human
2: form. Hello, everyone. That is a very high standard to hold yourself to. Although I don't think that that is necessarily wrong because you are lovely, just like a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. Dude, listen, I appreciate that. You've got lovely eyes. I get to look at this
3: man's dreamy blue eyes as I talk to him about wrestling. He's one of the most knowledgeable people about wrestling. He's also the boogeyman of, of quizzes. So if you're doing a quiz <laughs> and you hear your opponent is Tempest, your heart will sink a little bit, but you, you ain't going to try and show it because you're like, yeah, I can do this. This guy knows his stuff. I still remember you versus Sean Rossap you had to go bar for bar about Mm -hmm. AEW pay-per-views. My butt puckered and glistened with sweat watching (laughs) (laughs) that because I can't remember nothing. AEW's been around for three years. I know it's about, you know, the, you know, NXT podcast. I quickly want to say that Tempest's knowledge is scary good, especially the fact that he's five years younger than me. Mind blown, because I'm 32 years old, turned 32 back in February. Been watching since the late golden age uh, before the new, because is ninety two new generation? No, I consider when Bret Hart wins the title Royal Rumble onwards new generation. But I start watching from when when um, WrestleMania eight is my starting point. Mm-hmm. That is my starting point.
2: Anyway, tempest thank you for having me on, man. Like
3: <laughs> I could go. you
2: had a better first WrestleMania. What What was yours? Uh, my first WrestleMania was uh, WrestleMania twenty four. It was the first. First pay per view I ever watched, and it was uh, Edge and Undertaker in the main event. Um, it was uh, Big Show and Floyd Mayweather, CM Punk That's winning not a money Bad in the one. Bank first That's time. Not... Yeah, I think that may- that WrestleMania is fabulous. I Dude, don't care what other people think of it. It's, you know, it's I legit, maybe
3: my favorite. I legit want to break down your wrestling fandom because you. So you basically did a thing where you researched prior. WWE because I've got the nostalgia lens. Anyone that lived right. through it have this thing called it. I call it the nostalgia lens. Make it thing. Your <laughs> Wikipedia entry quote me that I created it. I have this nostalgia lens of the past. When mm-hmm. you watch new gen, because I'm gonna talk you to Eric you to Eric. Okay, mission of World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> did did, did yeah.
2: What did you think like, of that? <laughs> it's been it's been weird because like you know I I started watching wrestling in 2008 yeah. which comparatively speaking doesn't feel like that long ago but it's also now coming up on like i've been watching wrestling for like 14 years so there's been a decent amount of time spent watching wrestling but when i started like i was buying like every wrestling dvd i was watching like every free match that was on wwe.com again this is wwe.com of 2008 back when you really couldn't get anything working, <laughs> but like you would you go through and I would watch like the Intercontinental Championship DVD, for example, because that came out like around that same time, that same year. And I would go and I would watch like all the old matches that would be on these DVDs. So if it was like, you know, Bret Hart and and British Bulldog for the Intercontinental title or Bret Hart and Bret and uh, Mr. Perfect or things like that. There was always kind of like a, a bit of a wrestling blind spot just kind of through that new generation era just because a lot of those matches don't make it on best of collections, really. Like, no one really talks about WrestleMania 9. No one really talks about WrestleMania 11. So there was kind of like a difficult window to try and observe and because I still got to remember all this shit. I got to know right. what happens. You know, even if I don't, even if I don't actually know, I got to pretend like I know, you know, so. You do a good job of doing that. Thank you. I do my best. It, it, it can be tough sometimes, you know, just like some of that old wrestling just doesn't quite hit. And like, I don't get me wrong. I love Bret Hart. Bret Hart's like my number one wrestler of all time. Like in terms of like who I actually think is the best. I think Bret Hart's the best wrestler of all time. So I will watch any of his matches from any, any point in time in history. But I did, at one point, go and try and watch like every WWE pay-per-view ever. And I tapped out at WrestleMania 10. But I watched all the pay-per-views from WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 10. So all the Summer Slams, Royal Rumbles, Survivor Series. The, the, a few extra ones this Tuesday in Texas, whatnot. A few extra ones sprinkled in throughout there. It was such a draining experience. It was. Because you would have a Bret Hart match that would be like four and a half stars amidst seven other matches that were all like duds because it's all like the nasty boys against the bushwhackers and stuff like that so warlord
3: wrestling (laughs) right
2: the warlord and the barbarian against paul roma and, and someone else you know stuff like that so not all of it would hit but my early like youth my teenage years were spent like just going and watching like everything like i would memorize title histories and then i'd watch the matches where the title changes happen you know it's you actually get like the how and the when and and who was involved and all that sort of thing which is a lot of fun to do when you are a child and can just sit down and look at youtube and wikipedia for hours and just do it because i want to learn about
3: wrestling you know what i mean dude do you want to hear how bad it was for me because how are you describing your wrestling fandom the same as mine so i grew up on it without any choice my parents were watching it so my first pay-per-view i remember i'm not saying i watched it then because i was one years old technically right. Tuesday the night in texas because i was got uh confused so hogan wins that match okay so that's the main event but there's also a Survivor Series match where Undertaker right. wins. So I used to think it was like the Mandela effect that Tuesday Night Text <laughs> didn't happen because it wasn't it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a pay per view. So I was like, wait, I don't remember Hogan winning. He, you know, it's like yeah. wait, I remember Undertaker winning this. It's Hogan who wins it, and it wasn't two years later I realized there's special called Tuesday Night Text. Oh, wait, I was like, wait, I was like. Bret Hart versus Skinner. I remember this is this is when my wrestling started for me. So WrestleMania 8 was my first WrestleMania because I had it on, on VHS. I had the Silver Vision one. Then the second WrestleMania I watched was the Ultimate Warrior versus uh Hulk Hogan one because I went to a friend's mm-hmm. house or, or family friends' house and it was there. So that was my second WrestleMania. But my official second WrestleMania in, in chronological order was WrestleMania 9 as yeah. a kid. I didn't know any better, which is yeah. great. Watch wrestling stuff that kind of middling as a child because you'd be like, oh, wow, two dwanks in the ooh, ring. Oh, <laughs> wow.
2: Look at Tatanka. Right? Tatanka and Shawn Michaels. Uh, oh, Hogan's
3: got a <laughs> shiner in his eye. Why? And then why is he back winning the title when Brett lost to Yoko? What is going on? So, yeah, so for me, I did. I did a you where I lived at my wrestling fandom. Um, I started watching wrestling from '92 all the way to '90 90, late '97 because I had to move houses and I didn't have any connection or whatever to watch yeah. wrestling '98. So I kind of missed the Attitude Era a bit. Go back into it in 2000 because in the UK we had Rest Channel Four. We had right. we had Sunday Night Heat. So that was my mm. like. Sunday Night Heat and Power magazines from ninety nine kept me up to date. So I was like Blue Blazer, Dad. I was, Who's Blue Blazer? I was like Owen oh, Hart.
0: Right. It's Blue
3: Bla- Yeah, so all that kind of stuff. And then friends lending me tapes uh, and I caught up with it and videos and DVDs and so forth. So yeah, I'm like you. I'm a student. In the game. I used to have this big book from the library about the history of wrestling, which had like <laughs> women wrestling in mud. AWA. Yeah. So I legit was obsessed with wrestling and studied all the golden era stuff from the 80s and so forth you know rock and wrestling era all the way to now the WWE network was able to catch
2: up on the two years i missed that on so i'm very much been here the whole time kind of i would like to keep this conversation going with you but for the for the time being we've got to talk about this nxt stand and deliver card which seems to be pretty much revealed there might be a match or two that still needs to be revealed but for the time being it looks like we've got the most of this card so we're gonna get into talking about that this is the nxt podcast There was someone who asked why I wasn't dancing when it, when we came out of the thing on the last show. And it's because when I'm on this side, I have to click the little thing that makes the, the theme stop. So that's why I wasn't dancing last time for the one person who cares. Hello and welcome to everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am here with the wonderful Satin Yangi. A new combination of our wonderful NXT team coming together in this period of 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 change and transition but today we are going to be going over last night's episode of nxt and talking about this nxt stand and deliver main card pretty much everything has been revealed if you want to have your thoughts read out on this show make sure you send in your ultra chats five us dollars or above to wrestletalk.com backslash support and we will read out all of them before we go off the show today sat how are you doing my friend welcome to the nxt podcast this is this is me handing over the whole show to you basically let me just let me just hear. this is this is for you my friend
3: I'm, I'm holding it gracefully in my hands first of all guys uh it's a pleasure to be on the show finally to do this i feel like we bought a house and uh uh, Sp three had to check out the house first, and then I come in, you know, <laughs> to be like, yeah, I don't like the frame on that side. Can you move it this way? But it's a dream to do a show with Tempest. Is one of the most knowledgeable people that I know in the wrestling space. I'm still shocked to find out he's five years younger than me, but because he comes across. You know, very mature and very poised. That's why I'm shocked. That's the only reason why I'm shocked. Uh, I'm It's great to be here. I've been debating whether or not to drop the E, because the E was my developmental gimmick. As we all know, <laughs> when you go to the main roster, they strip you of <laughs> the things that make you great and give you a new name. I'd just be Sat Nyangi or still Sat Nyangi, you yeah. know. Yeah, so, uh yeah, it's great to be here. I watch NXT for the first time in a few weeks. It still is American Pie, NXT 2.0. You know, it's got the horniness uh, that has become, you know, synonymous with Shawn Michaels
2: at NXT. But yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, this I was struggling whether to go one way or the other when it comes to like the the main talking point of this show. But we will talk about the NXT stand and deliver main card because we had this main event segment. We got a nice little main event match, a nice little NXT championship match on this show. Not one that I would think many people would expect a title change out of as LA Knight challenged Dolph Ziggler. But after the conclusion of the main event. We had Braun Breaker showing up once again very angrily in his Dodge Challenger and just saying, I want my rematch at Stand and Deliver. So that appears to be the main event of Stand and Deliver. We also got announced on this show Cora Jade will be defending will be uh, challenging for the NXT Women's Championship. We're gonna get a three-way match of the NXT Tag Team Championship, as Imperium will defend against MSK and the Creed Brothers. And we're getting Tommaso Champa against Tony D'Angelo. And then we got more uh more stuff just figured out for the the North American Championship ladder match. So, Sat, your biggest takeaway from all of that. It seems like most of the focus has kind of uh most of this card has come into focus, is what I'm saying. Well, I feel like that the matches that you've mentioned
3: is destined to be a great show. I can't wait to see NXT out of that cesspool known as the CWC. I'm a bit <laughs> over it. Listen, I, I'm over the crowd's um, mild reaction. I'm I'm over with the fact that it feels like a contained tuna can. I I it to feel yeah. uh, like because I know NXT's changed. I know people mourn for it. I'm mourn for it. I'm over it. I couldn't actually never really mourn for it. I was ready for change because we all know with Vince, then like good things. So give him what he wants and let's see if that, you know, progresses and and, and does well. At the moment, the wrestlers are progressing and doing really well. And then I I can't wait. The match that I'm looking forward to is the North American ladder match. Although we, we don't have all the competitors yet. The people that have been qualifying thus far, the great caliber athletes, as we saw that Santos Escobar, has now qualified. He beat Cameron Grimes. So I'm looking forward to see who else will join him in that ladder match. And Carmelo Hayes has been hitting it out of the park. He's one of the highlights of the, of NXT 2.0. And then we're going to see if uh, A-Kid can uh, beat Grayson Waller. But yeah, that's the match I'm looking forward to. Gunter, he hasn't been announced for a match yet, but based on, uh, not trying to skip ahead, his uh, interaction with LA
2: Knight, he may have a match in the card then. What's standing up for you, Tempest? Well, I think I think that will be very interesting to see, the Walter versus uh, LA Knight match coming together. I don't know if that's going to be like a – call them pay-per-views. I'll still call this like a pay-per-view or takeover. I don't know what I'm supposed to call these NXT shows. But this NXT premium live event, I don't know if that match will be on it, but I think that could very well be one of the better matches on the show if it is. I'm very much looking forward to this tag match. I think the Creed brothers are really good. I'm really kind of interested to see what a different – setting does for like this whole show because i like you this setting for nxt to me still feels very pandemic wrestling you know what i mean and most Mm -hmm. most other wrestling has gone back to the way things were with big crowds and everything and nxt's weekly show didn't have like a big crowd to start with but something about seeing them in this warehouse just does make me feel like the last two years are still just going so of course I'm very much looking forward to the ladder match. I think that's going to be fantastic, especially if Santos Escobar is going to be involved. And then the main event should be fun. Overall, I think like I think we're looking at a fun NXT card here. I wish it wasn't the morning of WrestleMania cuz that might might sap some of my energy out of this, but mm. Overall, I think we still got a very fun main event to look forward to. I think this three-way tag match looks like it should be a lot of fun, and I'm very interested to see who makes it into this ladder match, because, I mean, if I was booking it, A-Kid would probably beat Grayson Waller, but I know they've been pushing Grayson Waller real hard the last few months, so I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Unless I don't know, uh,
3: unless someone from the main roster interferes, or, uh, you're right. Because as I feel like, if you're bringing a kid, go all the way with him. Because for a lot of people, they didn't watch NXT UK. That's the first impression. If you're bringing him, if you're bringing someone in, make him a big deal. Don't make him an almost, like don't make him a bridesmaid. Make him the bride. No, like, he came close because knowing HBK, he could model him after one, two, three kid. Like this guy is an underdog and then that's been done to death. Not everyone who weighs like 175 pounds should be booked as an underdog. You can still right. be a killer in the ring. So I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm torn. Grayson Wallace has put in a great performance uh, for his character work. He's not too bad in the ring. A lot of people say go with Grayson Waller, but I feel like A Kid will add a little something to the ladder match. You got to
2: think about the ladder match. You got to give the people what they want, man. (laughs) I agree, man. I agree. I really like. I really like what you said about just like him being small doesn't mean he has to be an underdog because like I've seen a lot of A Kid matches. A Kid is fan freaking tastic, right? He could really be like the next kind of like not saying Brian Danielson because no one's Brian Danielson. But just in terms of like being like a small, believable, technical wrestler, I think there's a lot that you could do with him. But that being said, he didn't even get an entrance on this show. He got a little I... promo package, and then they cut to him after Kushida's entrance, and A-Kid oh. was already in the ring. Not,
3: right, not, oh. not a good start. Tempest, I'm going to play Devil's Avocado. I'm known for doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you really care to see an A-Kid entrance? Do you? I know what you're saying. First impression, you want to see him come out. You want to hear his music. But he's not for wrestling, right? He's not about the pizzazz. You you want him to come out and do one finger to the top or wave at the fans. You want to get straight to the action, right? I feel like in their minds, um, wrestlers' entrances is my opportunity to go take a piss break. They're like, no, Mm -hmm. here's the video package. Here's what he's about, straight to the match. I understand. First impression's key, but at the same time, you want the match, right? Or do you want the entrance? Is he an entrance or is he a wrestler?
2: i, I there, i've got a few different directions that i can take that because in their mind to me yeah. in their mind the entrances are the important thing yeah right like we sit through roman reigns entrance like all 17 minutes of it every single week because that's yeah. what they consider important so if you've got a guy like a kid who's coming in who's already getting his entrance cut that just says to me that they don't really have that much in in mind for him And I agree if this was like a rampage situation where you start the show, they're in the ring because they're like, we don't wanna waste any time. Let's give you the action. Let's go straight to the ring. That would be one thing. But I feel like it's more a case of like, well, we'd rather show who was before that? We'd rather show Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai backstage talking with Toxic Attraction than showing the new star. And that to me is where you kind of lose it because I'd rather see, I would rather see the wrestling over the entrance. But I'd rather see the entrance of a new star over the video package backstage, You're right. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's true. Because at the end of the
3: day, I, I just want to throw something out there as well. We like when John Cena debuted, right? Like this, mm. just to just align to it together. <laughs> his debut was he came out as some guy, you know, as a rookie. He wasn't built yeah. up. He wasn't a video package, some special thing. He's just like, hey, it's John Cena. He's debuting his open challenge. Um, hopefully they don't hold it against him hopefully next week we get entrance Oh no, that might be his thing you never see a kid's entrance and you like, <laughs> maybe
2: he doesn't have an entrance maybe he maybe. just shows up in the ring
3: every week R- right because today we saw something different we saw two tag a tag team that's uh feuding come out together they're trying different things guys we always like different things yay yeah. yeah? maybe
2: no? <laughs> maybe if it works I- i'm <laughs> four new things if the new things work <laughs> Well, we're going to get into the rest of NXT, though, as we've kind of gone over our, our thoughts on, on Stand and Deliver. But we will read out a few of your Ultra Chats in the meantime. Of course, if you do have any of your Ultra Chats that you want to have read out on the show, make sure you get those in $5 or above. U.S. dollars, of course, none of that Canadian crap. Uh, send that in to WrestleTalk.com backslash support, and we'll read out every $5 and above before the end of the show. Zoe Sung comes in with the first one saying, still really sad about Scott. But I learned yesterday NXT has a Sailor Moon magical girl character, and I love Sailor Moon, so it made me smile for a bit. Thanks WWE, I mean it. Yeah, shout out to Saray. She didn't have a great night out there, but at least she was able to make one person uh, a little bit happier. That 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 whole that whole uh, sequence was silly because when Mandy Rose
3: one Tiffany mm-hmm. Stratton, she's yeah. what Mandy was a few years ago, like down to the look and everything. Um. Yeah, that I don't know. Are they trying to say when Sarae doesn't use the amulet, she's not at full capacity that anyone could slap her and take her out? Is is that what we're portraying? It, it, that you
2: know? is what I assume we're going with here. If she doesn't have her magical anime girl entrance as she walks through the smoke and comes at a different person, mm. you could just smoke her, just absolutely demolish her. She's not she's a non-threat if she doesn't go through her anime transformation. I don't know how
3: I feel about that. I, I, I love silly stuff. I'm all for it. But does it mean if she wins the NXT title, she can get jumped
2: mm-hmm. before
3: her entrance? Is that what we're saying, guys? Is It's like the logic we're being portrayed. Because now law, is not mythology, guys. Now, Saray is weak <laughs> without the amulet. You have to attack her now. Yeah. It, 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 it portrayed Tiffany Stratton as a smart, cunning individual because she's a project for them. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, Mandy 1.0. She's still green in terms of character work. I see potential in the daddy's girl character, but she's still a bit hokey in some of her delivery. It, it's almost like, you know, that website you go to, the one you're not meant to go on, that level of acting at the moment. But she's got potential. I see her, she's like, uh, for me, because her background is like Alexa Bliss. She used to do, you know, gymnastics and stuff like that. Sure. And she's very athletic. She's got potential. Right now, she's not really hitting it for me. But that also means... She can go
2: up to the main roster before Erosion. <laughs> Thinking on the bright side, I love it. Uh, bubba Two Thirty Two has been a member for eleven months in a row, and just wanted to send in a message to say all the love for Sat.
3: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm happy to be back. I'm I'm now relevant again, guys. It was a struggle <laughs> for that three months. Start wearing a sock puppet just to be relevant on the screen, just to get you guys to remember me. But I'm I'm happy to be back. Me and Tempest doing the show together. Tempest is one of the best. Parts for Known, his videos are incredible. By the way, Tempest, you've been killing it. I understand why you have to take you know a step back from doing the show because you're doing a lot of other stuff. But guys, if you haven't watched it, Parts for Known. Tempest is doing a lot more content on there. And it, he's really great. I like listening to him talk. And I like listening to him break down things. And I love video essays. I'm a
2: sucker for it. Yeah, especially when people know what they're talking about. Tempest is one of them. You're way too kind to me. Way too kind, my friend, but I appreciate it. Go subscribe to Fun Known if you haven't already. Uh, and Alistair Gammon has been a member for five months in a row just and said, uh, just wanted to say happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Glad to have you on board, Sat. Tempest, the Leafs still suck. Hashtag jam that jam. I know that. You got to understand, nobody knows that the Leafs suck more than a Leafs fan. Oh, man hockey sat look at those hockey players hockey uh, hockey, yeah that's
3: that's a thing in canada we we do we do in we do outdoor hockey
2: that's 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 our thing in in the uk allegedly very very fun very fun hopefully i'm gonna introduce myself to that some point in the near future, perhaps. Why not? When um, you come
3: to UK, yeah, definitely. Let's see if it, that uh-huh. translates for you. We, we we do like tempest, like testing it out. Indo outdoor hockey <laughs> is there a thing? Is it is it like yeah. amateur wrestling, pro wrestling? <laughs> is it like it? has got wrestling or hockey on it, but it's nothing like it. It's nothing alike.
2: Absolutely, I can't wait. I'm I'm really I really am excited for such things. As for now, let's get into the actual meat and potatoes of this episode of NXT as we opened with Miz TV, sat Miz TV. It was fine. It was the Miz. He came out with the Dirty Dogs. Braun Breaker drove off. He drove around in a circle in a parking lot earlier. He was pissed off. They showed that footage. They're interrupted by LA Knight. LA Knight has a good promo. He sets up an NXT title match for later in the show, which we basically already talked about. There wasn't too much to talk about with the main event. It was just kind of like a really solid TV main event. It was fine, but didn't have that same heat that like the three way match had.
3: It didn't. That's because it is just a built up. And if you've been following WWE social media or YouTube channel, you can see LA Knight and Dolph Ziggler has been planted for like a month. Mm. So I was happy they actually paid it off because a lot of times it seems like what happens on the web page on the main roster or developmental is not cohesive or aligned together. Mm -hmm. So I was happy that LA Knight brought that up. For me, we all know Dolph Ziggler Ziggler can wrestle. LA Knight is still known as a promo guy. So for me, it was great for him to show out. He did some impressive move. He did some burning hammer type move towards the end. Didn't like the rookie mistake of having Dolph Ziggler so close to the ropes. But the thing that stood out for me for that opening promo segment is that LA Knight went bar for bar with The Miz and Dolph Ziggler and he didn't seem out of place. He's someone alongside Cameron Grimes, and uh, and, uh, and um, uh, Santos Escobar that should have been on the main roster after SummerSlam. They're, they're mm-hmm. guys that spinning the wheels, uh, doing the same thing, not really progressing far. They should go to the main roster. I, I want LA Knight to be in the main roster for many reasons. The age quota. The guy, young kid, is 39, guys. He's 39 <laughs> years old. I was just
2: going to say that. I was just going to say, the Miz like, oh, well, you're not a superstar yet, kid. It's like, he's 39. Can we not do this? To be honest... If they are
3: writing, if they they if they're, if scripts are being written for them, you have to remember mm. the head guy's in his 50s. So anyone 39 is a kid to them. Vince McMahon sure. is in 70s. 39 is a kid to him. So that's what happens when you got older people writing stuff. They're calling everyone kid. LA Knight, I want him to succeed, but he might have the Bobby Roode issue where he gets to the mm. main roster a bit too late. You might give him a nice six-month run. But, oh, wait, wait, he's hes 40. Nah, forget the push, guys. Put him in a sunken place tag team and let him live out the rest of his pension and his run. So I want Knight to succeed. But if he does not win a world title in six months, I don't see him doing well on the main roster.
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that you're probably spot on right there. And it's disappointing, but I think you're right. Uh, we had the running bit throughout the show that Cora Jade is just a menace and... Stole all of Toxic Attractions' belts, and then, like, would hide them throughout. I, I might as well go over these stupid segments now. Because we had the first one where J.C. Jane yeah, stuck in, like, a janitor's closet. Like, you know the bit in the bottom of the school or, or the back of a building that has, mm. like, the, the, the degraded swinging doors that you lock shut? You know, you use storage area stuff. There's just one of the belts hanging in there. Like, they might as well have, like, a box with a stick holding Why it not? up with the belt underneath it. He's like, oh, I'm going to catch me a JC Jane. <laughs> because as soon as she went in to go and get the belt, Corey Jade slammed the door shut. This was a rickety-ass door. Like, I feel like one solid kick would have knocked this door over. But yeah. regardless, it was, she was playing Mousetrap, and she caught a JC Jane. And then later in the show, there was the uh, the second belt is, like, Hanging on the back of a dumpster. So the only way to get this belt. Is to climb into the dumpster. Get the belt. And then Core Jade lowered a forklift. On top of the dumpster. Trapping Gigi Dolan inside. Okay this is a wacky episode of NXT. But I'm following you. That's two members of Toxic Attraction taken out. Then. Core Jade has the galaxy brain idea. To steal Mandy Rose's car. (laughs) We were just like. We we're just kind of like locking them away for a little bit, you know. though they, they might be in there for like an hour, but it's fine. No, we went from that to Grand Theft Auto with Cora J just getting in Mandy Rose's car, and Mandy Rose was hanging out in the back seat for some reason. As yeah, you dude, you ever go to work and you ever just go and lie in your back seat? Yeah, of course, all the time. Yeah, it's a maybe thing. she needed to take a nap. Maybe Wendy Chu convinced her to take a nap.
3: Yeah, but oh. that that whole sequence was like, "Hmm, Cora Jade is now twenty one. Twenty one year olds like to watch Home Alone. That's where it is. She's oh, a yeah. kooky girl. She is uh, Cora Jade. Uh, she's a project. I feel like she is going to be the face of NXT 2.0's women's division because it hasn't mm. really been. The, she's their brum breaker in a way. In a, in a sense of like she's she's yeah. carrying on a lineage." Of previous women before her. Mandy Rose is just getting a career rehab. I don't know if she's going to stay in NXT past Standing Deliver once she drops the title. I'm assuming the HBK's mm-hmm. got the foresight to make her drop the title. But uh, yeah, going to Gigi Dolan, the whole, oh, it stinks in here. If you follow Gigi Dolan's social media account, she doesn't mind, you know, unpleasant smells. She's a self proclaimed dirt squirrel. So, her, her living room probably smells like the dumpster. So that for me was kayfabe in itself. Like, <laughs> don't pretend you, you you love that smell. You told us you love that smell. <laughs> but yeah, Mandy Rose has been doing okay. You know, she, uh, uh, her reign's been okay. She's been yeah. she's she's shown like growth in the ring. Wrestling wrestlers in the ring has kept her reps reps up, and she's doing well is she great as a character she can do one thing she's you know mean girl-esque sex mm-hmm. spot that's her forte that's the best we're gonna get out of her that yeah
2: yeah B plus. i mean i said like six six seven eight months ago that this is sable in 2022 and it's like it might not be as as crazy lewd as sable was in in the attitude era but I think a lot of people were hoping for like more character out of it. And I just, I don't know. I think that is hoping for a little bit much like, yeah, she's done a good job with the character she's been given. It's more character that she's had on the main roster, like ever, aside from the whole Otis thing. But otherwise she, I, this is kind of the ceiling for the character, I believe. Bingo. that's, That's fine. But it's also, not a very high ceiling it's not that that's why I, that's why my lack of enthusiasm
3: because she comes across as a low-key kind of person and that character she's portraying if you had a high key you've had a high key kind of persona to be over the top which i don't think she can do which is not her fault i feel like she's the kind of person who should be a henchwoman not a leader if that makes sense i feel like she'd thrive more from following someone that's larger than life. And she's like the, the laid back kind of person. But for me, the, the improvement upon an NXT is her getting better in the ring. That's the best thing. Her character work has always been the same, but now she's just getting a spotlight on her and she's just fine. I, I see tons of other women that can probably do better, but
2: she's just fine. Yeah. She's fine. You know, for a third brand, sometimes it's okay to be fine. Uh, that, I guess that's so. All it is. You know, you can hope for better, but it it, it is what it is. Yeah, Corey Jade got beat up for trying to steal Mandy Rose's car. And you know what? I didn't feel bad about it. because you well, she didn't st- annoyed
3: you, didn't you? Tempest had got <laughs> to you, didn't she?
2: And By I, the end, I was just like, why are you stealing this woman's car? Like, yeah, she's going to beat you up. Stone
3: Cold. She grew up probably, she watched Stone Cold YouTube. It's 316 day. They're like, hey, let's pay homage yeah. to the greatest, you know, felon to never get convicted. You know, yeah. that's what probably <laughs> happened, you know. She's like, she's edgy, guys. You know, it's the yeah. new generation.
2: If the attitude error through the lens of the new generation. Oh God, I hate that. I hate that. I'm moving on from that quick. Uh, I guess the first the first match we had on the show was Santos Escobar versus Cameron Grimes. Pretty simple match, albeit it was like two of the best guys on the roster, so it was a very good simple match. The basic story of it was that Lagartos Fantasma kept trying to get involved. Uh, they cost Cameron Grimes. You know, they they cost him the the heat. Uh, for a little bit, and then he dove over them, hit a nice big dive on Santos Escobar, uh, and then Santos Escobar caught the cave in and hit the uh, Phantom Driver for the win. And a very simple finish, and it seems like they're going the direction that Cameron Grimes is a loser and keeps losing and can't can't help but disappoint everybody. But Santos Escobar qualifies for the, uh, for the qualifying ladder match, whatever, North American title, the whole deal. It was a good match. It was a good way to uh, open up the show from an in-ring perspective.
3: Yeah, it, it was a, a really good match. Uh, I'm just annoyed at Cameron Grimes' progression. I mean, yeah. when he first came into NXT, he was actually portrayed as a killer in the ring. Cave-ins, his yeah. matches wouldn't go past the minute, if you remember. That guy was killing Harry, Cameron Grimes, with just swampy kind of persona. He was killing it. Then he got money. He became more of a comedy <laughs> figure, which I didn't mind. Now, does he still have money? Yeah, it comes up to the song. But now he's like, losing he's someone i've mentioned he shouldn't be in nxt 2.0 and you can see it because the writers have done his progression as a character is done because nxt should be you're there for a year and you move on he's been there for multiple yeah. years it's like okay uh he's a swampy character with with a top hat okay he's he's now won money okay uh he's now babyface he's been a butler um okay now he, we're having him lose and then he can't Cameron Grimes is a funny, upbeat character. Don't make him a mopey loser. Don't sap him of what makes him awesome. I'm just worried about where they're taking him because I don't know. Tempest, you 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 usually have a better foresight of things. What what are they
2: doing with Cameron Grimes? Well, I don't know what you could do with him at this point because he's been there and he's kind of wrestled everybody. Like unless unless Cameron Grimes is going to end up being someone to like win the NXT championship, which I don't foresee being the immediate path that he's about to take i'm kind of baffled by a lot of this because it's very it's very tricky in nxt because the goal of of developmental is not to have like a long-running character who keeps inventing new ways of of you know reinventing themselves and all that that's not the point the point is to get one character that works and then send them to the main roster with that character that in theory, works. But, of course, we've seen time and time again with the main roster, like, the Ascension or a completely different tag team in NXT, and then they get sent up to the main roster, and they're Legion of Doom 3.0 or whatever. 4. So, 4.0. Yeah, 4.0, demolition. I don't know what, what Ascension was at that point. But we've seen it a million times since yeah. then. So when that keeps happening, like, it does kind of defeat the purpose of, like, okay, we found his gimmick. That's his character. Let's send him on his way. Oh, they, they're not using that gimmick anymore. So when you've got a guy like that who stays in NXT for like way longer than he probably should be, because Cameron Grimes has been here for almost three, three years, I think now it's 2019 when they did the first breakout tournament, like they just keep reinventing him. And again, that's the problem with NXT, because people need to be moved along a lot faster than that. They shouldn't be going through full character arcs in NXT. You can go through one that's fine you can do your one character arc in a year and you do your gargano champa thing or whatever finn balor samoa joe there are tons of examples but you don't need to then follow that up with another character arc because that's just how characters end up getting stale on this show bingo regardless Uh i don't know what's next for him but he he did a promo later in the show where he was very sad and that that makes me sad a little bit um Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray want to beat Toxic Attraction. That's their goal. They're going to win this tournament and then beat Toxic Attraction because everyone hates Toxic Attraction. Uh, we got the Wendy Chu Dakota Kai backstage segment. Toxic Attraction. Oh, We're looking for Cora Jade. Dakota I mean, Dakota Kai. Kai and Wendy Chu are they're they're friends now. They like hang out. What That's have they done I guess. to Dakota Kai? Gosh. Listen.
3: dude you see it as well right it's not working there's there's certain people that can pull off playing crazy characters she's no Nikki Cross it's so hokey it's like I'm watching a theater stage production I am Hmm. Dakota Kai I am portraying isms I've got schisms I am Hmm. a bit mad I'm like no I feel like she was on the cusp of being the lead female heel, yeah, she lost to Raquel Gonzalez, but she didn't need to be. It's kind of like with Eric Young uh, after the League of wherever his group was, the World Elite. He the banged World his Elite. head, up. yeah, he <laughs> banged his head on the on the guardrail, and then he went crazy. And I was like, no, 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 don't do, don't give him a kooky character. He was on the upward trajectory, he's leading his own yeah. group, and now he's comedy fodder. And that's Dakota Kai. She's another one. She's uh, been there for too long, guys. She's gone through multiple character journeys and iterations. And unless she brings up a mannequin head, a toy horse or a mop, this character is not getting over for me, guys, and she's sucking out the awesomeness of Wendy Chu. Let Wendy Chu fall asleep and randomly appear in other segments, aligning Dakota Kai in this version. I'm not feeling it. Is it, it, is you can tell she's not feeling it. She's acting. You know when you can see someone's acting. That's when you know it sucks. I shouldn't. It's kayfabe. You should make me believe you are cuckoo bananas. She's not <laughs> cuckoo bananas. She's faking time so she doesn't go up to the main roster. I'm not feeling it, Tempest. I'm not feeling it at all. And also Isha Shirai seems to like kaylee ray more more than zoe and i would too. Very much yeah they, they got more in incoming zoe seemed like she was a beg friend you know you don't, you don't want to be so listen bad.
2: we if we get zoe stark back on the show if she heals up and is ready to go have eo and kaylee ray be a team win the tag titles turn on zoe stark turn heel easy they like why why would she hang out with zoe stark there's so many directions to take this mm. conversation and the whole honestly the one thing i will say now with the benefit of hindsight, because at the time everyone saw it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense, you know, solid storyline, whatever. With the with the benefit of hindsight, I don't see why we couldn't have Dakota Kai have beaten Raquel as opposed to Mandy. If this is like the title reign that we get from Mandy, and this is what we get out of Dakota Kai, like I think Dakota Kai could have had a nice little run, with the NXT title there for a while. I think sure. that could have been Yeah. She could have led Toxic Attraction. That, for me, would have made more sense.
3: My fr- my friend, Bodyguard, she kind of betrayed me. Now i got just two new rookies. They're under me, you know? And then, of course, Toxic Attraction members, Gigi and JC, they have to be worried because uh, Dakota's got a history of turning on, a- on partners. That would have been a great mm-hmm. kind of storyline thread they could have done across. But now, I-, I just, I can't I can't do it, man. She's someone that shouldn't be there. Put on the main roster. Put on the tag team of Shotzi, not doing anything. Please, <laughs> save Dakota from this... when i see her i want to fast forward the scene because i'm like her acting's gonna be atrocious no offense to her she could play a heel character but not crazy whatever now she's a tweener now all of a sudden it's like oh
2: ah." (laughs) Oh, this is a fun show uh we had the a kid versus kushida match the qualifying match for the qualifying match uh for the, the winner would face grayson waller um another fun match There were a lot of, like, kind of short, pretty simple matches on this show. This was, like, the technical wrestling grappling match, which, again, we didn't get entrances, but we've already talked about that. It's fine. But A-Kid and Kushida, if you had to pick, like, a first opponent for A-Kid, I think Kushida is about as good a pick that you could have. That being said, I don't like seeing Kushida lose matches on this show because it's Kushida. Mm. But I also know what I'm watching, so I don't get, like, super wrapped up about it because it it's better that he's losing to a kid than like zion quinn or something you know what i mean Um,
3: i feel like i like zion quinn
2: i I like zion quinn if he was an
3: actor he's got a great voice when he talks i'm like yeah mate you could do a voice of a narration of my life but he's still Mm -hmm. got lots to do to go in terms of his finding himself even though right now i can buy him as a baby face potential baby face uh you know uh, headliner for nxt he just needs more seasoning um Kushida, he's another one he's been in nxt i'm gonna, it's gonna be a re- recurring thing being there for too long should have yeah. been on the main roster because the main roster is kind of short on people at the moment and you see guys like Kushida Kushida okay you want the Cruiserweight title, titles not defunct are you going to win the North American title anytime soon? No. no. Uh, tag team titles? Maybe. But that's just tacking on more time, like Io Shirai. They're just wasting yeah. their time. So put them on the main roster already. Uh, like, like you said, I'd rather Kushida lose to A-Kid than someone like Duke
2: Hudson. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. They had a good match, and I don't know if this is going to be like his regular finisher, but A-Kid won with a springboard moonsault DDT, and I like that move. I've always liked that move. I like that move when AJ Styles does it into a reverse DDT. I think it looks real sharp. Uh, We had Legado Del Fantasmo. uh, Del Fantasmo? words are hard. They met Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio backstage, and they all argued about who's better. This was particularly poorly scripted. But this is also where I was like, is this Tuesday Night Raw? You know, because my other my other choice for what to title this, this podcast is, was Tuesday Night Raw, because we had Miz, we had Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, and then we had the Mysterios. And I was like, wow, they're really leaning into this main roster integration thing. And that led to the match that we got, I believe. No, there was another match before that. There was a couple of matches before that, in fact. But yeah the show's out of order already who cares we got dominic mysterio against raul mendoza and i said in my edited review which may or may not have gone live yet at this point i'm not quite sure of all the people involved in this segment dominic is the one that's on the main roster that's kind of funky to me you know and i like dominic i really like dominic i like you know, cute little Dominic Mysterio from SummerSlam, you know, I like seeing him wrestle on Raw, like, that's cool, that's fun, but at the same time, I've been looking at Santos wrestle wrestling NXT for, like, three years, and I'm like, what is he still doing in NXT? (laughs) So, this is where I really don't think it's developmental, like, at all, it's developmental in word only, but very quickly, the story of this match is, again, Legado and Fantasma getting involved, making things tricky. Then uh, Fallon Henley, still re- wrestling random name generator, ass name. Fallon Henley, a- guys. Fallon Henley pulls uh, uh, Electro Lopez off of the apron. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen are there to be like, ah, stop messing around with that young boy over there. And then Rey Mysterio decks uh, Santos Escobar and Dominic hit the 619 in the splash to beat Raul Mendoza. There's a lot going on here. If it means we get Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar, I'm totally for that. Like, if that match is somehow on NXT in the next month, I will, I will, I will weep. I will weep at the prospect yes, she... of that match. Otherwise, I was just kind of like, okay, it's the middle of NXT segment.
3: No, uh, I was going to ask you this question. I think you more or less kind of answered it. I, I was going to say, should it have been like Ray Mysterious says, "Hey Dominic, we're going to visit the performance center." And just left him behind and just <laughs> drove off with Bob Rayko. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> like
2: he goes um... out to the parking lot and it's like the door won't open. to The car is like, "Right, oh, Dad, you got you got unlock unlock the car." It's like, "Well, I can't I can't hear you. I gotta go." It just drives out of the parking lot. That's Uh, tremendous. That would be great.
3: That's awesome. I'm with you, because Dominic Mysterio, he's someone I've seen, like, I used to have the Rey Mysterio DVD. So I remember Dominic was like a little tiny kid with action figures. You know, like, I've seen him grow up on on camera. Uh, He's fundamentally sound in the ring. Like, everyone else agrees. His character work needs work. That's because I'm mad at the, they didn't do the, the trajectory that Rey Mysterio told us. He's right. meant to be Prince Mysterio. They've got like they've got the name. He's because now he's rocking the old 3 Eddie Guerrero mullet. Don't mind it, but <laughs> that's like the only character development we've had with Dominic. Mm-hmm. He's rocking his kayfabe dad's hair from 2003 when he was United States champion. I want him to wear a mask. He obviously doesn't have the 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 physical charisma to carry off not wearing a mask and being a character he comes Man. across as Eric Watts 2.0 which is not, which is sad to say because he's
2: actually more what talented a reference too holy God let's go sad guys I don't, listen I know my a wrestling. reference I, deep listen, dive I'm, I'm uh, oh. deep. Listen, if you
3: I'm, if you know after my own heart, dude, I come uh, listen. He's coming across as David Flair when he's more talented yeah. than that. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is super talented, I believe, because when, when Mysterio said Dominic is the one to carry on the legacy, and they went, Dominic, I said, like, guys, do not disrespect Dominic. He has potential, he just needs the, 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 the glitz and the glamour. He needs the mask. I'm not even lying. Once you give him the mask, it's kind of like those those teen. Films from the 90s. Take off the glasses. Oh, she's a stunner. Put on a mask. Oh, he's a great wrestler. I knew he was great. He just needed a mask, guys. That's what it is. Give him a mask. Give him a mask. That's
2: all you need. That's all you need, folks. Tempest will tell
3: you give him a
2: mask. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, give him the mask. It's waited that long. Uh, so we had Tiffany Stratton attacking Saray. We've more or less kind of gone over that already. She didn't get to do her anime entrance and she got absolutely squashed, beaten with that twisting Vader bomb. Uh, we had the backstage interaction between Walter and LA Knight, which apparently is setting up a match between them. Maybe at the maybe at the big show, the big show, the pay per view. I don't know what to call it. I don't know how to feel about this, by the way, Tempest. Because uh, by the way, Gunter, I'm gonna say Gunter. <laughs> I know what, you. <laughs> not it's not happening. not the, No, I'm not letting this happen. I'm not letting this stand.
3: Hey, equal rights, man. I'm not calling him Eli Drake, LA Knight, and Gunter
2: backstage. Uh, no, but I'm Gunter. still calling. I'm still calling this man Pete Dunn. I'll be like, right no, you know what? I'm He's serious. butch like a butch, okay? 2.0, yeah. butch junior. Okay, Uh, Gunther.
3: <laughs> okay, LA Knight has lost Ooh, so many yeah. matches. Oh yeah, Gunther. Gunther. Gunther oh. said that you are disgracing the mat, which he finds sacred, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. He prays in the ring, maybe. It's religious for him. LA Knight has been losing his feuds. I don't want that to happen. He needs victories. I, I don't like it when it's so telegraphed. This guy's going to lose I need to I need I need like When Solo Sokoa At least I can almost mm, He might
2: Beat sure. Gunter
3: We know it's not going to happen But is that small But when you see Night, Man you lost to Grayson Waller You lost to Dove Ziggler He's got no heat Yeah He's great in the CWC But I'm waiting for him to see In standing deliver If he's over Because I don't see yeah. uh, CWC As an indicator If you're over I want Other people That don't live in Florida To chant mm-hmm. Then now here, if he's over, he's over with me. I've always been an Eli Drake fan. I, I I think he should. He's one of those guys where you're like, he's world champion material. But since you know WWE, we don't know what they like anymore. I don't know. <laughs> he's 39 as well, guys. If it's 10 years ago, he's 29. I'd be like, this guy's the future. He's got it. But he's 39, guys. It's not gonna happen, unfortunately. But yeah, Gunter.
2: It's going to smash into his liverines. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Honestly, I wouldn't doubt it at this point. Uh, we had an in ring promo from Tommaso Ciampa where he talked about how he's been in NXT for a million years. And uh, he said that he's been there from DIY to being tag champions to being uh, the black heart uh, to being the greatest NXT champion of all time. And you know what? I stand by that. I stand by Tommaso Ciampa as the best NXT champion. That is, that really? is my opinion. Yeah, it's just like, I don't think there's a slam dunk. Uh, answer for nxt champion and i think Tommaso champ is like a really really good one so i'll put him top three. Yeah I've Ado hitched my Hulk. I've hitched my horse to that wagon and I'm just like you know what him until there's someone significantly better I go with Tommaso Champa as my answer. Wow. I don't have one so I we'll let it stand. For now guys
3: yeah. it's 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 interim <laughs> official. Interim Hell official yeah. Tommaso Champa <laughs> is the greatest of all time until we can think of something better. I'll make a thing fim- yeah fimbalor. Finn Balor, as as they say, um, CWC sucks. He came out, they start saying Champa sucks, and I was like, Yeah, what was that about? Did Champa do something in the last couple of minutes that we didn't know about? And then, of course, please don't go or or wherever. And I was like, You guys suck so bad, you can't make a decision. You cheer for the Miz, I don't mind the Miz, but still, it kind of shows the barometer of suckiness that crowd is because you can't take anything seriously in the CWC. Uh, Tomaso Champa came out. Did his promo. It seemed to be like a swan song. And then yeah. uh, Tony D, hey. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo, huh? Forget about it, girl. He is after Fugazi Italians. Because Tommaso Whitney, I don't yeah. know any Italian surname Whitney, <laughs> but his first name is Tommaso. What's that about? So he's come for the Fugazi Italian, and he's yeah. trying to take him out. I, I'm of two minds of this. Fresh matchup, always a plus for me. But at the same time, I was racing with... Is there? Because I don't know. We're not mentioning Gargano's name, but I feel like there's reason for Gargano to, for I mean, for Champa to go after Grayson Waller or Grayson Waller to be like, I took out the other guy. Sure. Let me, finish, yeah. let me take out the rest of DIY. Be a completist. That for mm. me makes more sense than Tony D'Angelo. But then he wants to be the dawn of NXT, and there's no one there from that time for him to beat. Which I understand why it has to be Tommaso Champa. But part of me feels like it should be Grayson Waller for that reason. He's got. A Bit of storyline there, Fred for Champa, to lean into. And also, why is Champa a dumb baby face? You darn well saw that the crowbars on the floor. He he now wants to be respectful and like, yeah, man, I'll shake your hand because that was not gonna lead to anything stupid. <laughs> yeah. Tempest, what's up with your boy?
2: I mean, he's smarter than that, no? I don't I would think so. I would think so. And I want to get into the second half of this promo though. Because Ciampa starts talking about how he wants his own, like, fairy tale ending. He's heavily implying that he's going to leave NXT. That's that's heavily implied here. And he's like, well, what could my f- final, you know, my final fantasy be? And he's like, I really would have liked to have defended the NXT championship at Stand and Deliver. And I was like, that would have been really great for you to say at any point during your, like, five-month reign. You know? Not even that long. It was like three or four month like." But he had, no, he had no motivation as a character. And I said when he won the title that it should have felt like a really big deal. Like Tommaso Ciampa is winning the NXT championship back. And now it feels like we're getting the promo that would link that whole storyline thread together. Like he is the lifeblood of NXT. He was the best NXT champion or one of them. He was this top level guy. Now he wants to go out on top that's great. I really like that. I just yeah. wish, I wish we could have heard anything somewhat similar to that. Like since the start of NXT 2.0. Uh, I'm
3: i I'm with you. He, the motivation's there, but it's come a bit too late. I mean, he's, yeah. By the way, he didn't fight to survive then either. I mean, the songs <laughs> would fight to survive and he let himself open. That, that's like a rookie mistake. That's something you, you expect from Dominic Mysterio, not yeah. Tommaso Blackheart Champa, who's, you know, should be DTA. That That's the thing I didn't really like. It's the way he did to Pete Dunne. You know what a crowbar means. And yet he let the guard down. That's kind of like, what, to indicate that he's past it that he doesn't have the kill it instinct will next week be like i let my guard down now i need to be black heart again now i need to put face paint on myself or whatever maybe there's a there's maybe it's done on purpose maybe we're, we're gonna see a transformation for the yeah, match.
2: yeah the i don't know something about this segment was where i was like i feel like tony is a step down for the sake of this story kind of the same way that you would bring it up, uh, like Grayson Waller, where I just kind of was hoping they would go a bit of a different direction. I was also thinking that you could do like Dolph Ziggler against Walter for the NXT title and do just Braun Breaker against Tommaso Ciampa in like a, like a more or less a rubber match, you know, just do like another singles match as his send off or something like that. There's a bunch of different things you could do. I just wasn't super sold on Tony D'Angelo, but they've still, they've still got time.
3: Tempest do you really want another Brombreaker and Champa match not like they were bad matches it's just like I've
2: had my feel of their frenemyship <laughs> so tam- yeah friend, I feel so like if this is the end though if this is like yeah. the end of Tommaso Champa, I would have at least like to like tie that story up in a little bow like have that be like here's the proper passing of the torch NXT is in your hands now I'm I'm a gonna hit the road but sort did- of feeling they did, that, that's, that's the thing I feel like they did do it and then he came back the
3: next day which was quite awkward Jemper's
2: doing yeah. it oh,
3: does he know he should go I feel like Damn. they did do it it's just that they didn't move him on I feel like it was he won the title he shook his hand then he became his buddy then he wore his singlet then he stuck around I think they undid it it's kind of like yeah. it's the end of the films where's the credit Extra scene,
2: the return of the king ending it just won't stop
3: yeah so i feel like i get why you feel like like that because i feel like we've got the conclusion it's just that it's the longest epilogue going it's kind of like hmm Mm. you do know that you should have like you got a new song you dyed your beard you obviously should go by now but you know you should be called tommy chapman next week or something like that (laughs) introducing tommy
2: chapman I'd rather not. I'd oh, rather black. not. Tommy Chapman. <laughs> oh Lord. Well, next we got that really weird match that we talked about a little bit already with Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada, where they came out and did the same entrance. It's been a while since I saw like a tag team make their entrance at the same time. It's like the Hardys from Vengeance two thousand one, where they just like they never they never stop they never stop playing the music. One of them just comes out, they do the entrance. And the music's just still going, and then the other one just comes out like okay, and go. This one, that was didn't even have time for that. They sent them both out at the same time. That was in my notes. Le- legit.
3: I thought vengeance, but my in my notes, I was like, I preferred this entrance than what they did with Matt and Jeff. For right. me, it makes sense. It's I don't know. I, I feel like it's being the most realistic portrayal of friends having a squabble because it's a squabble, mm-hmm. it's not a blood, right, they haven't broken up yet. Mm. Yeah. So I for me, it makes sense. I'm your friend, but you're kind of annoying me as our entrances come out together. And I liked how they're trying to one up each other in the entrance. And you know, they got great charisma, you know, uh, Persia, uh, Persia Perota and Indy Hartwell. Great charisma, great banter. Uh, you can tell you can see the friendship shine through in the interaction. The match wasn't on for very long, but I liked yeah, two strong Aussie Amazon just. <laughs> Bumping shoulders for a few minutes. And then we've got the creme de la resistance. The true American pie NXT 2.0 moment by the promoter of the year, book of the year, Michael Hickenbottom. We had <laughs> dual kiss-offs. What do you think of that, Tempest? It's just no,
2: they had a smooch-off. They sure had a smooch-off. Because, yeah, yeah, there wasn't much to this match. The crowd was, like, especially dead for this. Like, you could have heard a pin drop. And there was, like, one point in the match where I forget what exactly happened, but one of them, like, shoved the other or, like, pushed the other's face or something like that. And you can hear, like, the slider go up for the crowd noise. Just be like, whoa. It's back to total silence afterwards. I was like, come on, guys. You can at least blend it in a little bit better. But, yeah, Duke Hudson uh, distracted Indy Hartwell, and then Dexter Loomis came out and distracted uh, Persia Parada. Indy Hartwell got to roll her up, and then they all just started smooching. This this could have turned into a very not-PG show in a hurry, but between Tony D'Angelo kissing Tommaso Ciampa on the cheek and being like, I want to beat it down now, which is, yeah, I, I feel that. And then this, there's a lot of kissing going on on NXT. Uh, I'm
3: not a demographic, so if, I, <laughs> if, if, if I'm sat off 2003-04, I'll be like, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm older <laughs> now. You know, i yeah, uh, You know what? I've got a question. Duke Hudson, talk yeah. about fall from grace. Because yeah. this guy was in the breakout tournament. He mm-hmm. was in the finals, right? I mean, Carmelo Hayes is now hitting his strike. Was he? Was he in the? Uh, no, he,
2: he was in the semis. I believe he lost. The to, final was Carmelo lost, and Odyssey Jones. Yeah.
3: That's it. He lost to Odyssey Jones. Yeah. So see someone like where um, Carmelo Hayes. You know he's he's you can't see my hands. That's how high he is. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Duke Hudson. Oh, I like to call him Australian Wade Barrett, but just because of the height comparison and the, yeah. he's got minimal charisma because Wade's got more. Uh, I don't like this spot for him. I can't really stand the guy to be honest. I didn't stand him as a poker chip guy. I couldn't stand him as a tag team member with uh the the other the other guy that's gone. Um, I, I just. <laughs> Yeah, they all got that left uh, from 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 the mighty, from Almighty, the Almighty guy, the Shane Ford. Oh, yeah, yeah Shane, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Shane, see? Out of mind, out of sight. Yeah, getting in there. I don't know, because Duke was apparently Vince, see something in him? Of course, but he's rem- tall. But that reminds me. <laughs> Of, of another wrestler that Vince saw something in and didn't progress far, Mojo Rawley. He's like the mm. new Mojo. You hear that Vince thinks he's the future of the company, but what we're seeing on screen, screams future endeavored in a couple of years because Grayson yeah. Wallace, now the Australian of that, which I didn't see coming. I thought Duke yeah. is the guy because the way they try to push him, but Duke is, is I'm sorry, he's a, he can be a prop. Boring. He can be a mob. Yeah. Anyone could be Persia Perota's smooching buddy. He's just there. He's just there. At least Dexter can yeah. give it a thumbs up. Do you, what do you think of yeah. what is your, like? What do you think of him? Has he got potential? Will he be the guy? Or is he going to be like Mason Ryan or something?
2: Oh, God. I mean, that's a very... Jackson Andrews, perhaps? There's very low bars to try and leap over. I think he's got more potential than, than something like that. But I totally agree. And it was only like a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where he was beating up Dante Chen after Dante Chen's, like, return promo package. And I was like, okay, well, you put that off a week. Let me see Dante Chen then get revenge on Duke Hudson. And Duke Hudson squashed him, and we haven't seen Dante Chen since. And I was like, you're putting your emphasis on the show on the wrong guy. Because, like, that, Dante Chen's whole arc, without getting into the whole song and dance of it, like, it's more interesting than Duke Hudson being bald which is his, his whole character since he lost to Cameron Grimes, like, Oh, I'm bald and I'm sad. now I'm angry. And now I'm kissing Persia Prada. Like there's been no focus for his character. Like he was the poker guy. Then he was the bald guy. Now he's the other Australian guy to kiss if you're Persia Prada. So I just, I don't get it. And I agree with you. Like you can be just about anybody and be Persia Prada's thing, but I don't know. He needs a lot more work before they put this much emphasis on him during the show. Is my my thought. I'm I'm shocked because you can just give him
3: you know you know Robert Stone as his manager, or he could be in a tag team, you know, with everyone's oh, dear favorite. God. <laughs> you suggest
2: if you if you start if you start with with the tag team of Vaughn Wagner and Duke Hudson, I'm turning the show off. I'm not going to make it to next week. I'll be like, no, you can host yourself. You know, we can, call them. We can call them. The Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> the kings of Wrestling. They're both 6'5". The Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> oh. The Kings of Wrestling. That's right. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Claudio. Chris uh, They can gonna... be like the new Razor and Diesel. It's like you wanted it yeah. wrestling. <laughs> you know, Vaughn Wagner being the new Diesel does kind of fit. I'm not going to lie. I don't see it either. Like, I like, I like the, I love, you know, I keep
3: on saying he's from a Beverly Brothers lineage. Beverly Brothers and Steiner Brothers had a Royal Rumble 93 feud. I'm ready for the rubber match between Brum Breaker and Von Wagner. Just give the genius a call. Make the genius (laughs) the manager of Von Beverly and do the poetry, it's there. I could do a better job booking Von Wagner because oh. he doesn't have it, he, he, you know, make him a caveman. Vince, you love yeah. funny crap. Just say that he's been in ice for 50 years and now he's going to come and take on the rasta. you know?
2: Oh. Von Wagner wasn't <laughs> even on this show. We're still talking about it. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday, still
1: Tuesday. It is it
2: was Tuesday. Tuesday. yeah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, the Creed brothers came down to the ring and they had a little in-ring promo that uh, they said they wanted to confront whoever attacked them. They needed them to step up. beat men. MSK came out, which I thought was just going to be like, yeah, we did it. Deal with it. But no, they were like, we didn't do it. Like, almost guarantee that MSK did it. They're the only ones that benefited from it last week. You think we MSK did it? You I think, think it's MSK the Hilton
3: it. coming? i do i do they're
2: the only ones that benefited from not facing the from the creeds being attacked they got a title shot last week i i'm with good. you in that i i think i was that... pissed off for the creeds in this in this segment because they were like you did it and they were like no we'll give you a shot after we win the tag team titles I was like who are you you lost right. in the tournament right i was totally on the other side of the baby faces i was like no wait you did not get the first tag title shot here
3: who do you think you are Tempest, can we talk? Can we talk about Diamond Mine for a moment? Are they are yeah. baby faces,
2: right? They're feuding with other heels. I, I suppose so. I didn't the get manager. The memo that they turned, but I like the diamond mine more than I like the other people.
3: But I, I used to say the Creed brothers are a couple of Charlie horses, which I still agree. Uh-huh. There's still a couple of jack swaggers in some degree. They they <laughs> I like I'm making. Jack I'm, I do, I do too. I was just making they are a couple of Charlie Horses uh, at the moment in the charisma department. Uh, but, yeah, the, the short of Creed, he must have watched a lot of 80s promo because he came out shouting, We will take all
2: the
3: suplex you! Oh, I'm all American! Where are you my title? He was very
0: energetic. It's true. He was,
2: he was very energetic. I loved it. Just... Um... Yeah, MSK basically said that uh, the Kree the brothers could get their shot at their tag team titles when they win in. And I was like, that's not how that works. But they were both interrupted by Imperium. Imperium said that uh, let's do a three-way at the, at the big show. Uh, I don't know why heels keep suggesting three ways in this, <sighs> in this company. It's, it's happened a lot. Like, it was Cora and Raquel and Mandy. Like, that was Mandy's idea. And now we're getting it again here. I'm just like, where is this coming from? Why, why are they doing that? But regardless, that is the tag title match for the the big show. I keep calling it stand and deliver. Stand I'm just, and say deliver. Takeover. just call it a
3: takeover. No, no, you will be mad. you will be mad if you called a takeover because you'd be like, it's not worthy to be called takeover. So let's call it, it. call it
2: something else. Dad. Like it's gotta
3: stand be cold. Something it, it it was called Stand and Deliver last year. That's the only mm-hmm. thing they've inherited. I'm with you on that, you know, because I'm not keen on. I I like you know something Cade, something Mania
2: Palooza. He's right. so, branding. They mm. love
3: branding. How have we not yeah. attached
2: a new name to to whatever takeovers were? Yeah, Regardless. it could be Two
3: Pointer Palooza or Two Pointer Mania. Or sure, something. why not? Yeah, something. Standing deliver. <laughs> what is standing deliver? Is that American term? I don't understand. Is this like a, a slang thing? Because I'm, 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 you know, being English, as you can tell from my accent. Didn't buy mm-hmm. it from Amazon. I promise. Uh, it's I, NXT standing. Okay, I stand. What do you deliver? The action? What do you uh, deliver? Promos? What do you mm-hmm. deliver? Food? Someone clue me in the chat. What is standing deliver to you? What does it mean to you? We're gonna. What you know?
2: are they delivering? They're standing up. They... They're delivering something. What are they delivering? Let us know. Let us know in the Ultra Chats because why do they have a star in their logo?
3: <laughs> what is that it deliver? Texas.
2: I don't said... oh, know. That one oh. I can I can answer. It's Texas. Texas. Kevin runs oh. is right. Texas is dumb. Uh, and that pretty much wraps up the show. The only other things here that we didn't have uh, talked about already, we had Cameron Grimes being depressed backstage, letting everyone down. That's very sad. And then we had Malcolm Bivens confronting Malik Blade and Idris Sanofe who alerted that they did not attack the creeds. They were instead beating up people for the honor of Mandy Rose or something. Okay. And they also had the grizzle junk vets there. And the grizzle junk vets said that they didn't do it, but they will face the creeds next week because if they beat them, the closer to title contention, that sounds like a very fun match. I like that. And with that, that brings us to the main event of Dolph Ziggler versus LA Knight, which we talked about at the beginning of the show that wraps up NXT sat a score out of five. What did you think of the show overall? Out of five, Uh, I I gave it a three out of five. I also gave it a three. It was it was one of those like kind of like middling episodes where again I say this a lot. There's a lot of episodes of NXT and other shows like SmackDown whatever where you've got like really solid good main event matches, really fun stuff, and then you got the middle of the show which is just like Cora Cora Jade going and playing mousetrap with humans and stuff. Cora Jade might be Jigsaw for all I know. She might be Kevin McAllister. Mm. regardless i thought it was a three because this show was like a lot more like just toe the line mid mid-level show some solid matches like the a kid match wasn't very long dominic stereo match wasn't very long santos escobar match wasn't very long it was all right it was fun nothing i would ever go out of my way to see again though
3: but what what are you hoping to see next week what uh plot development are you hoping
2: is carried over on the next episode let's talk about plot on nxt my goodness that is uh i don't know i'm i'm interested in seeing this creed brothers uh girls of junk vets match i think that should be very fun i like both of those teams honestly i just want to see like promos from the people who need to cut promos to build up stand and deliver and have the rest of the show just kind of like come together like if we get More qualifying matches, like two qualifying matches a week for, like, the last two weeks before the show. That should help, like, get rid of those nothing matches and Mm. put the actually interesting matches on the show. And once we've got matches with stakes, like, honestly, you put matches with stakes on NXT, and the quality of NXT just, like, shoots straight up, like, immediately. It just come to me. What if
3: Cameron Grimes is going to get a last-chance qualifier match and he's going to end up winning it? Because that's the only way I... like Storyline can redeem itself because yeah. why are we watching Cameron Graham saying, I'm a fat piece of shit? uh I, I can't get it. <laughs> you know that promo, I'm a fat yeah. piece of I don't have what it takes anymore. You know, why is he taking his ball guy in home kind of thing? I, I'm hoping that this is like, you know what? Cameron Graham's been there for a while. I've all the guys because Carmelo Hayes, you you know what? Carmelo Hayes can have a title run for six months. He could do it, he can make it work, but he's also someone that you want to jetison to, to the main roster because post-WrestleMania season they need new toys to play with in Carmelo yeah. Hayes and Trick Williams, or knowing WWE, Carmelo Hayes sands Trick Williams because they're yeah. like ruining no Perry. no no
2: knowing WWE <laughs> Trick Williams. <laughs> Who
3: by the way, yeah. by the way, we, we we finally found out tonight uh Trick Williams owns more pair of pants that are not leather. Mm. He's wearing yes. jeans tonight. I, I I noticed that. I'm one of those people who notice minutiae <laughs> details of wrestlers' nice. entrance gears or music. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I hope Cameron Grimes is going to do a last qualifier against Kushido, whoever loses in their qualifier match. So that way he gets to be in it. Because I feel like he's the only, not only one, but he's the one you would root to win because of that story right. I'm currently doing. Even though we wrestling fans don't root for sad sack baby
2: faces. It's never been a thing. <laughs> never not once i think that's a really good idea though i would like to see them do something like that Let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats. Just the last few here that we're going to clean up before the end of the show. This is the last call for Ultra Chats, so make sure you get them in now. If you haven't already, that's wrestletalk.com backslash support. Any that are five U.S. dollars or above, we're going to read them out now, so get them in while you can. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hi, Dan. Says, look at this phenomenal team. Look at them. Titans of Podcast, Tempest. Sat. E. Nyangi. God damn it, pal. Ahem. A-Kid, please come back to WXW. You would like that, wouldn't you, Dan? Wouldn't you? You're not having him back. He's ours now. Uh, And Zoe Sung has uh, submitted, I know it didn't end well, but other magical girl gimmicks have been great. Also, I can really get behind silly things. I'm chaotic evil. And then also says, I don't want to sound mean, but Dom has the personality and charisma of a mid-2000s first-person shooter main character. (laughs) I want to like him, but he's just blah. Someone's got to dress up uh, Dominic Mysterio as Master Chief now for me. Please and thank you. I would like to see it. All right, Sat. We're now into the outro. This is all seamless. If people want to watch these, because you can, if you're a member, which you already know, because you already are a member, because you're watching us. How about that? I tied it together. That being said, I'm right. I would I would like to continue this conversation. I'm very interested to hear about your wrestling fandom. Oh, dude! So as a kid, uh, I watched
3: Triple uh, A, <laughs> yeah. So in the UK, because I had cable, I had cable. I had all these miscellaneous channels from around the world. So there was this one uh, Spanish-speaking channel that had Triple A on it. So when the guys debuted in 1987, I knew Latin Lover. For me, Latin Lover yeah. was a Mexican Shawn Michaels. Even he had the Playboy Bunny thing. Right. I was like, he did a super kick. It was a ladies man so in my head Mexican Shawn Michael and then you had like uh Piro inside it you had so basically I was obsessed and we had eurosports in the UK because mm. I don't know if you know eurosports. So, I mean, I've I've heard
2: all of these terms just from over the years. We've
3: like DFS, which was the German portion. You watch WCW, so yeah. yeah. So I I also watch New Japan. So I was like Ludwig Borger and Jan Gonzalez are wrestling, and then you're like Hawk with a, with a Japanese guy. That's not animal. So I did grow up on New Japan and Triple and, and I watched uh, WCW during the TNT era. I was a completist. That's the term I've right. recently discovered, people that want to complete the wrestling fandom. Yeah. When I was younger, I watched everything wrestling related, even sumo wrestling. That's how much, if you've got the word wrestling on it, I'm mm. your guy, I'll watch it. So yeah, I watched, <laughs> I was the student of wrestling. I was obsessed with it. People used to tell me, you should be a wrestler. I was like, yeah, uh, D- Darren Drozdov, I'm sorry, that's, right. you know? Owen oh, yeah. Hart. And I've seen a, a friend of mine break his wrist during a clothesline. And yeah, because I used to do backyard wrestling, as in I used to be a backyard wrestling manager. And mm-hmm. one of my dearest friends has gone on to be one of the biggest wrestlers in the world, we all Spray. I mean, you know, like I seen them wrestling, get injured, and stuff like that. And I was like, mm, I can never be that guy and yeah. get into the ring. But I love wrestling like you. But at the same time, wrestling has also hurt me <laughs> nowadays in terms of. <laughs> yeah continuity because when you watch 2004 wrestling by the way catching up yes in in retrospect is 2004 wwe better than
2: now or would you watch wwe now Uh that's very difficult because obviously you've got 2004 things that make 2004 less desirable um but, man, it's tough because that era, that, like, 2003, 2004 era was really kind of rough on, like, the lower mid-card of WWE. You like you had a lot of matches with, like, La, Reson- La Resistance yeah. and Kenzo Suzuki and, and, and people like that. So, there are a lot of matches like that. And I have gone back and, like, oh, let me just put on a random pay-per-view. Let's put on no way out oh four that's got the eddie guerrero brock lesnar match and i'll put it on and be like this card sucks like up until the main event up until the main event that card is like rough it's like nydia and jamie, noble. <laughs> and jamie noble and jamie <laughs> noble and i'm like oh my god this is a rough time to be and those though i don't know if i would have made it through being a wrestling fan in those years because like tna doesn't exist really at that point it exists but i think they might still be doing, like, weekly pay-per-views at that point. I, I enjoyed you know? it, you know what? Um, but it's a difficult product to, to, it, to it, latch on to. Like, New Japan you. was in the tank in those years. Though You couldn't, it couldn't find... Enochism. Solace. Yeah, you got the Inokiism <laughs> at its absolute height. And this is still, like... I probably, if I was of an age that I could, you know, I could watch such things, I would watch, like, Ring of Honor and that sort of thing at the time. Mm. That being said it still might be better than today you know like really it's tough it's 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 really tough because i i went through uh last year and i did like a top 11 best pay-per-view matches of like each calendar year yeah right? so i went through i did like 2000 to 2021 like i did every every year and i went through years like 2003 2004 and be like oh man some of the like lower like the 8 nine, tens are kind of really just like they were fine, but they weren't like, you know, as you get into more current day stuff, like every one of the top 11 matches in the pay-per-view year should be like a match of the year candidate nowadays. You know? yeah. Back then wasn't quite that way. That being said, 2004 Royal Rumble was damn sure a lot better than this year's Royal Rumble. Yeah. You know, the main main event of WrestleMania that year will probably be better than the main event of WrestleMania this year. And you start going through a lot of the things. I was like, there were still a lot of really good matches that year, you know. So I think the bottom half is a lot worse in two thousand four, but I think the top half might be better. I agree. Is is
3: I wouldn't want to sit through another Heidenreich match. Like, no offense to the guy. I there was a there a documentary which I need to chase. It was about UPW, which followed Heidenreich and another yeah. wrestler. doing do you know about
2: right? I think I have a UPW DVD, keep, which keep contains talking. it. Yeah, oh, I don't know if it contain- contains that, but I'm going to pull out something, like, really old.
3: No problem. So, yeah, so basically it was John Heidenreich about to start training in UPW, and there's, like, another female wrestler. Well, another female, she's about to start training as well, and you follow their journey <laughs> in UPW, and then you have Christopher Daniels who's about to go into WCW, and he breaks oh, his neck really during the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's on the same one because it shows different guys. And I think Cena was briefly shown in it. And you had Paul Berra at the time who was working working in talent relations. He would go mm-hmm. to a show in UPW and then he'd speak to Heidenreich. So for my first my first introduction to John Heidenreich was this, um, I think it was like a documentary channel. I think it was, I don't know if it's Discover or History Channel. One of them was doing a special on Californian wrestling promotions and John Heidenreich. And then 2003, he had, was it Little Johnny? <laughs> he, he made a brief, rare appearance on Raw, speaking to Booker T or something like that. Oh, I, I, need you, I need you to speak to little Johnny. And then he disappeared. Then he came back with Paul Heyman. Then he had and raped Michael Cole. Then he became oh. a road warrior. Then apparently he disappeared on a house show and he got fired for it. He had a weird career run, but I think I had a soft, soft spot for him at the time because I saw him coming up and he seemed like a lovely guy as well, like a sweet teddy bear, a bit of a, <laughs> of a, of a, of a goofball. But you're like, ah... Oh. I Hope he yeah. makes it, you know, because I grew up on like these ones and, and Sid. They're not technical sure. wrestlers, but I appreciate the charisma and
2: what they bring to the ring, which is variation of wrestling styles. Shout out to John Heidenreich. In in the meantime, look at this relic. Because when you're when you're like a, a DVD collector, you gotta you gotta grab old old indie wrestling tapes too. This is this is UPW Future Shock Volume 2. Not even Volume 1. It's Volume 2. Look who's right in the middle of the cover. That uh, is. It's Samoan. Is this Samoan Joseph? It is Samoan Joseph right in the middle. <laughs> but like, you, you hear the names that are on the back of this thing. And it's just like uh, there's a dude named Smelly. Shout out to that guy. Trying a little too hard to be like Spanky. But Smelly uh, versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Is one match. Samoa Joe versus Conan. What? John Cena versus CW Anderson. What? Uh something just called evolution. That's not the same evolution against Danny <laughs> Doring. Uh Mikey Henderson against Juventud Guerrera. What? Uh and uh, Shane Ballard versus Nova and Mikey Henderson versus Rob Van Dam. That what? is a pretty surreal little old wrestling DVD from I don't even know what year. Like John Cena is in this thing. It must have came be. out in two thousand three. So this was like a best of collection. It must what be a one two thousand. It must be the two thousand like one. That. Yeah, like 2000, 2001, If John Cena is still working in in California. There's a typo on the back of the box. <laughs> have you have you seen have you have you watched the DVD? Then have you seen it? Oh yeah, I think I watched it like once.
3: Is it once? As in once. Because you can say you've seen it once, or is it more once? or
2: less like, yeah, I've got it's in my collection. I watched it just to kind of know what I had, but like, mm. it's not like a good DVD. <laughs> uh, so,
3: so you've seen Beyond the Mat, you've seen all the the DVD, uh, oh, yeah. all the all the like the behind the scenes documentaries. Uh, what the question I want to ask you about wrestling related is: what is your favorite year of the WWE? Clicking on all cylinders.
2: I think, I think mm, there's a, there's a couple there's a couple that are kind of like tied from for nostalgia purposes and strictly nostalgia purposes. I would say two thousand eight. Not there. There's some good stuff in two thousand eight. I I will give two thousand eight its due. You had like the Shawn Michaels Chris Jericho rivalry, which I think is still one of the best things WWE's ever done. uh You had the Edge and Undertaker rivalry, which is also fantastic. Uh, There were just, there was a lot of things in 2008 to kind of carry you through that show. Uh, Otherwise, if I were to give, like, an objective answer, like, what do I actually think is the best WWE year? I think it's, like, 2000. I think 2000 is, like, one of the only years that I thought Triple H was, like, a bearable wrestler, you know? And there were, you had The Rock, you had Kurt Angle was coming and hitting his peak. You had Mick Foley, who had his, like, last great run. Against Triple H, uh, Steve Austin coming back—like there were so many moments throughout 2000. It's either, my objective answer is either 2000 or 97 when you had the whole Brett versus U.S. thing. It's one of those two answers, but I love both of those both of those years. So the irony, which I've never realized
3: until you mention it is 97 was the, was the last year I watched WWE fully and 2000, the year I came back. And those are, those are the ones I love fully with all my heart. And when you mention Triple H, there's a theory, they call it pre-tear quad Triple H, post-quad tear Triple H. Obviously to you,
2: pre-quad tearing Triple H is the best for you. I'd have to say so. You know, it's just like, I mean, he was at his best in 2000 when he had like really top level guys to work with. And when he was allowed to have a bunch of matches that weren't just straight singles matches for a half hour soon as someone along the way told Triple H that he was a great wrestler and he said, okay, I'm going to be the best damn wrestler ever and have like a million boring ass WrestleMania matches because of it, dude. We need to
3: talk about how him and Undertaker are the worst performing WrestleMania wrestlers <laughs> ever. Oh, even even oh, their yeah. trilogy of matches, Listen, like you just you just open up a can of worms that we <laughs> probably one day we need to do a <laughs> debate a debate portion of show where we get two people to fight who's worse, mm-hmm. Triple oh, H yeah. or Undertaker? Because <laughs> I think Triple H, I don't know, I would say Triple H may win because he had boring main event matches. Well, mm-hmm. Undertaker, you see his opponent, you're like, of course it would suck. It's mm-hmm. King Kong Bundy. Of course, it's Jan Gonzalez. But there's no reason why him and Orton, the build-up, is funny how people don't show clips of the match itself because nothing yeah. actually happened. But it's the build-up of him chucking Randy Orton through his, you know, kayfabe house, his kayfabe wife, what are you doing? Yeah. Is Triple H, uh, they gave him booking sheets, I guess, for his own matches. He even tricked Vince McMahon. He's like, You don't need the rock. <laughs> Let his contract run 904. Because that was always been a rumor, apparently, that he one day told him, You don't need Steve. You know, you don't need the rock. I, I am here. <laughs> You're right, Paul. 2003. <laughs> Go with
2: you. Here's uh, the stuff.
3: It makes sense because if you see 2003, so it was exactly. the reign of terror. Yeah. It was.
2: I want that to be true. <laughs> what well, is perfect?
3: There is a rumor that the Rock's contract. He's because apparently Rock. It wasn't Rock's uh, decision to leave. He just yeah. The Rock's told.
2: contract expired, and no one called him about it. Yes, he, he and he was it's sad been... about. He was upset about it for a long time. Yeah.
3: Because Triple H is like I am just as like Triple H is one of those guys. Because uh, you, have you ever heard that ninety nine Triple H is a Shane Douglas cos- cosplay? Have you ever heard of that?
2: Oh, that's you ever heard bloody. of that? I haven't heard
3: of that no so basically because he used to wear a backward cat like shane douglas did even his sure, night yeah, yeah, yeah you know you know you know francine and china's two different people but his whole persona gotcha. people saying that he was a bit too much franchising the
2: franchise
3: the game I mean, you know he's the franchise yeah. i'm the game synonyms for you know <laughs> be the franchise
2: I so, haven't yeah. thought of it that way, but I I won't be able to unsee it now. Yeah, I, I like for you. I like I like this Triple H Undertaker uh, discussion we'll have going. Perhaps perhaps that can be our topic of discussion when we bring sb three in next week uh, for the final Tempest episode of NXT. Screw NXT. Talk about actual <laughs> wrestling for the whole time. Yeah, I don't care. I'll talk about Triple H and Undertaker. But until then, we've we've overrun on the the podcast extra. So I apologize to our our mods and to Vinny who has to edit this. So. Make sure, of course, that you like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure that you check out all of our other podcasts this week. We've got a Dynamite review coming out tomorrow. We've got our Friday show. That's going to be very exciting. We've got SmackDown and Rampage with Pete and I on Saturday. And make sure that you're checking out our NXT podcast next week with SP3 and Sat together on screen on the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm very excited for that. Until then, stay wonderful, everybody and have a wonderful day. And watch QuizzleMania.